You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy Monday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, I recap Super Bowl 53 and analyze the key moments of the game. The New England Patriots won their sixth Super Bowl title on Sunday, tying the Steelers for the most in NFL history. While the 41-year-old Tom Brady adds another ring to his collection, he was quick to credit the defense for their suffocating performance against the Rams. What a year. Uh, Just so proud of this team. I mean, how about our defense, man? about our defense they played unbelievable challenged all these plays and uh we had a finally a touchdown drive there in the fourth quarter it took us a while but you know you got to grind it out and find a way we did that against kc we did it against uh san diego or la and then obviously tonight all different teams all different styles but world champs man pretty The Rams put together an underwhelming offensive performance in their first Super Bowl appearance since 2001, compiling just 260 total yards. Rams head coach Sean McVay did not waste any time giving credit to the Patriots for their game plan and took full responsibility for not putting his players in positions to succeed. You know, first of all, just, you know, congratulations to the Patriots. Uh, They did a great job. You know, Coach Belichick did an outstanding job. You know, there's really no other way to put it. You know, I'm I'm pretty numb right now, but, you know, definitely I got outcoached, and I didn't do nearly good enough for a football team. I will discuss all of that and more coming up in the latest episode of the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
It is Monday, February 4th on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs coming to you live to recap Super Bowl 53. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 NFL season is now over. And I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning and turned on the TV to Good Morning Football. And that's when it hit me. And I said, man... There's no more football, and we have to wait a long time before we get some NFL action. Now, of course, the NFL Network and CBS cut out a deal to broadcast some of the games from the American of the Alliance Football League. So, you know, at least we're going to see some type of action still, but we know the NFL is another monster, and we're going to have to go without it for several months up ahead now there is something to look forward to it is free agency in march which is roughly a month away of course we got the nfl combine coming in at the end of february into early march and so there's going to be some things to track and develop from now until then but we're entering a period where it's just nba basketball then mlb is going to start up very soon so Let's just say it is a dull moment for us NFL fans. But nonetheless, I made it behind the mic this morning to recap Super Bowl 53. I certainly hope you enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday with friends, with family. Now, I understand the general vibe and consensus is that this game was relatively boring. A lot of people saying it was a letdown and... Of course, you know, the Saints fans and the Saints players certainly took to Twitter and social media last night calling out the Rams and the NFL still griping about that no call that should have been on Nikel Roby Coleman. Now, it was interesting because Nikel Roby Coleman was flagged on the first possession of the game for a hit to a defenseless receiver and so many people... And current NFL players went off on Twitter at the moment saying, well, now they're going to call something on him and kind of labeled it as a makeup call. Say what you want about the game. The end result was much of the same. The New England Patriots beat the Los Angeles Rams, the new kids on the block, 13-3, winning ugly to claim their sixth Super Bowl title, going all the way back to September of 2001 when sixth round pick Tom Brady first took the field. The dynasty of the New England Patriots began, and they are still going strong, and they are quote-unquote still here, which has been the message Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the rest of the Patriots organization has been reiterating this postseason. Now, Belichick, a 66-year-old who's already a grandfather, okay, became the oldest Super Bowl winner of all time and tied George Hollis and Curly Lambeau for the most NFL Super Bowl titles, the 41-year-old gunslinger Tom Brady became the Super Bowl's oldest winning starter, the first player to collect six rings, moving past Hall of Famer Charles Haley for most Super Bowl victories in a playing career. Now he cannot fit all his Super Bowl rings on one hand as having six, what a feat for Tom Brady in two weeks. 
After beating the league's MVP, Patrick Mahomes, which it was announced on Saturday at the NFL Honors Award Show, Belichick's Patriots dominated the Rams' number two ranked scoring offense in front of a pro-Patriots crowd of 70,081 in attendance at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. And for two weeks... We heard Belichick gush about Sean McVay and the Rams' explosive offense in the lead-up to Sunday's tilt. And for two weeks, he likely snickered into his own coffee knowing exactly how to stymie the NFL's hottest offensive mind on the game's biggest stage. Offense was all the rage in the NFL this season. But the football's greatest defensive mind certainly put a vice grip on McVay, Jared Goff, and the rest of that offensive attack, holding them to just 260 total yards of offense all season. Los Angeles and that offensive unit had been predicated on running the ball and then attacking downfield with a play-action pass, but Belichick And Brian Flores, the de facto defensive play caller who I feel did not get enough pub last night by Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Of course, everybody is quick to talk about the wizard Belichick is in the defensive mind and how crafty he is in assembling game plans. And yes, he is still very much involved in their defensive preparations But you have to give an immense amount of credit to Flores for the work he did dialing up the plays that he did last night. And if you were a Miami Dolphins fan watching Super Bowl 53, I'm sure you were disgusted but elated at the same time and intrigued because while hiring Flores wasn't the flashiest move and wasn't following the trend of all the NFL teams hiring these young offensive gurus similar to what the Rams did with Sean McVay. I'm telling you right now, you have to be at least obliged by what Flores can bring to Miami. The guy obviously has the respect from his defensive squad as They talk about his leadership and his hard work and dedication. Now I can go on and on about Flores and obviously there's still other things to cover in last night's game. But you have to give him his due for what he was able to accomplish as the play caller. But New England, I'm sure they watched the film on the Chicago Bears Los Angeles Rams game in December because they took several pages out of Chicago's playbook of how to shut down the Rams. New England played a lot more zone than it typically does while also playing six on the line and pressuring Goff with stunts up front. Now this was an LA offensive line led by the veteran Andrew Whitworth, Roger Saffold, John Sullivan, Those guys had been a very consistent offensive line throughout the entire course of the season and into the playoffs. You saw what they were able to do against Dallas, how they just dominated on the ground, and then even against New Orleans. But New England, 
They found out their weaknesses as a unit and they exploited that by mixing up their looks pre-snap to confuse Jared Goff and their offensive blocking schemes. And when New England played man, which they loved to do, ESPN stats and info showed that the Patriots played one-on-one coverage in their secondary on 57% of their defensive snaps. So that's no surprise. But when they did line up in man coverage against LA, they double teamed Robert Woods and let Stephon Gilmore, the first team all-pro selection who had himself a night, go one-on-one against Brandon Cooks, the former Patriot, a strategy that really neutralized LA's big playability in the passing game. Now you look on the stat book, New England just completely terrorized LA in all categories and aspects of the game. The Patriots accumulated 407 total yards, 22 first downs, 154 yards on the ground, and only had three penalties for 20 yards. That is a staple of Bill Belichick-led teams. You know they're going to come out playing well-rounded, disciplined football, and then they won the time of possession battle as well, although there wasn't a whole lot of offense for either side, but they still were able to control the clock. 33 minutes and 10 seconds possessing the ball. Then you look at LA, 260 total yards, 14 first downs, 62 rush yards, 9 penalties, so triple the amount of New England for 65 yards and 26.50 time of possession. New England did a fantastic job of maintaining gap control to stop Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson from getting the ground game going and the zone coverage in the back end really did confuse Goff which caused him to hesitate and give the Patriots rush more time to get home. Now on to the mystery of Todd Gurley. I mean something is not right. We know the news broke on Sunday morning that Gurley was not going to be the workhorse back in Super Bowl 53. As we saw in the NFC title game, it was Anderson who led the team in touches in an underwhelming performance from Gurley in New Orleans as well as Anderson because let's face it, the Rams really didn't have much of a run game against the Saints' top-ranked rush defense. However, it's certainly head-scratching, and it was something that McVay faced in the media during the entire week in Atlanta was, what's up with Todd Gurley? Why is he not getting the touches? Is he still hurt? Is the knee still bothering him? In time in time again, McVay and Gurley would respond by saying, I'm fully healthy. It was performance-based, my lack of playing time in the NFC title game. And McVay was very adamant saying, Gurley's going to get his touches. We're going to get him going But 10 carries for Todd Gurley, 35 yards, 3.5 yards per carry average. And out of those 35 yards, 16 of those came on one rush. Okay, this is an all-pro running back that led this Rams offense all season long. And he missed week 16 and 17, which opened up the gates for C.J. Anderson to emerge as 
a threat in this LA rushing attack, but in the playoffs, Gurley was a ghost. He was non-existent. And I know Gurley mentioned to the media after last night's loss that they're going to go in for physical. So I am very interested to see if anything is going to leak out from the LA facility about Gurley's condition. Maybe he was playing through a tear of a ligament or he was dealing with a deeper issue that the Rams did not want to disclose. Something seems off. I know Skip Pete, the Rams running backs coach, talked about how Gurley had been battling to get back into condition after a three-week layoff because we have to remember that he sat out the final two weeks of the regular season and then the Rams had the first round bye. But then when they played against Dallas, Gurley looked fresh. I mean, he had his success. I mean, he wasn't a world beater. He didn't go off for 150 plus yards on his own, but he was very productive. And so that gave the Rams fans and the Rams coaches and the entire NFL fan base saying, hey, okay, Gurley's back. He looks like he's getting back to himself. And then here comes the New Orleans game and he was kind of thrown under the bus and then the Super Bowl comes two weeks later and there's still no significant increase in his productivity. So certainly puzzling. Anderson was not effective at all. Seven carries, 22 yards, matching 3.5 yards per carry average. His longest run was five yards and now talking about Jared Goff 23 years old give him credit sure he made the throws he needed to make in the playoff to get his team in the Super Bowl but he looked like a deer in the headlights there's no way around it and I know an unnamed and I don't like talking about reports that have unnamed sources and players don't want to reveal their identity but This report was all over the place, and of course it surfaced last night after the Patriots' victory, but an unnamed Patriots player said that they were going to make Goff crap his pants, basically, during the game, and that's exactly what happened. Goff looked frightened from the first opening drive. He looked unsettled. The Patriots had him way over his head. Sean McVay, I guess in a sense, has to take some blame for that, for not setting Goff up for successful situations. But Goff just looked very panicky in the pocket. And you got to give New England credit because they were getting pressure on him and that offensive line was broke for most of the night. So yes, you cannot put it all on Jared Goff and say he was the reason 100% for their stagnant offense. But As Tony Romo pointed out, the color commentator for CBS, Goff had a lot of opportunities that he left out on the field, choosing not to throw the ball. For instance, on that play, it was a big third down play. Maybe it was a second and long, and he missed Josh Reynolds over the middle of the field, which would have gone for a huge gain and set up the Rams inside the Patriots red zone. But... Goff opted to take the deep shot to Brandon Cooks and of course the coverage was very tight down the field and it was incomplete so he missed a lot of opportunities and I get it it's his first time playing in the Super Bowl but he certainly did not help the Rams when he had the opportunities to do so when you're playing on that stage against the New England Patriots Tom Brady and Bill Belichick 
Those are the moments that you have to have. Goff finished the day 19 of 38 for 229 yards. 57.9 passer rating. Brandon Cooks had eight receptions for 120 yards on 13 targets. Robert Woods, five receptions, 70 yards on 10 targets. And here's a whopping statistic. The Rams ran zero plays in the red zone and 45% of their plays went for zero or negative yards. That is not a winning recipe. And LA joined the 1971 Miami Dolphins as the only other team to not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Now let's talk about LA's defense. Defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, who is no stranger to playing the Super Bowl, winning one as the Broncos DC when he had Demarcus Ware, Von Miller. He single-handedly kept his team in the game by putting consistent pressure on Tom Brady. Now, of course, they only sacked him once because that New England offensive line, they were sensational yet again in the way they handled Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue for much of the night. Now, of course, Donald had his couple of plays where you heard his name called and you felt his presence. Same with Dominican Sue. But that was on a handful of plays. The rest of the game, they were non-factors and it was the same old story where the Patriots take away the team's top game wreckers and magic was done in that realm yet again. And in a sense, the Rams' offensive inefficiencies did not help the Rams' defense because that defense was on the field for a long time LA's first eight drives ended with punts. Four of them were three and outs. None of them lasted longer than five plays. So Wade Phillips' defense, you know fatigue was playing a factor on them the entire course of the game. And yet, the Rams were able to tie the score at 3-3 on a 53-yard field goal by Greg Zerline with 2-11 left in the third quarter. Yes, an anticlimactic third quarter, which really didn't have much going. But a ninth Rams punt came early in the fourth quarter, and Phillips defenders, who spent all but 10 minutes on the field in the first half, were finally spent at that point, and that is when Josh McDaniels shined brighter than McVay. He shifted into a two tight end set, spread the Rams out, and ran the same looking play four consecutive times. When they did, all chords struck accordingly. Brady completed four straight passes, moving New England from their own 31 to the Rams' two-yard line, which was set up by a beautiful 19-yard pass from Brady to Rob Gronkowski on top of a 13-yard catch by Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman, who finished with 10 catches for 141 yards and really was a force from the get-go of this game. He certainly put Nikel Roby Coleman through a gauntlet. He could not cover Edelman to save his life. Edelman was getting five yards of separation at the line of scrimmage. And a seven-yarder to running back Rex Burkett on that same drive. Seam route to Gronkowski, 29 yards. And from there, it was rookie running back Sony Michelle 
the game's leading rusher with 94 yards on 18 carries, then bullied in from the two-yard line for the game's first touchdown and gave New England a 10-3 advantage with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was Brady's best drive in a game that saw him post a 71.4 passer rating while completing 21 of 35 passes for 262 yards to go along with an interception which came on the game's first pass play. Rob Gronkowski finished the night with six receptions for 87 yards. And after the touchdown, Belichick, Flores, and that New England defense put the game away on the ensuing Rams possession on first and 10 from the New England 27. Gilmore was beaten off the line by Brandon Cooks, but luckily, Deron Harmon who replaced the injured Patrick Chung, who left the game in the early second half with what looked like an arm fracture, made a great play covering for Gilmore and broke up a pass on the goal line. And on the very next play, Flores called an all-out cover zero blitz. In result, Goff panicked and threw the ball off his back foot up for grabs intended for Cooks and Gilmore snatched probably the easiest interception he's had all season and from there the Patriots moved the ball from inside their own five to kick a field goal and take a 10 point lead with 72 seconds left in the game. Now let's talk about Gilmore, who made a case to win the Super Bowl MVP last night. I know a lot of NFL defensive players, including Calais Campbell of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who tweeted his frustration for as to why Gilmore was not given the MVP award over Julian Edelman because Gilmore had five tackles, three pass defenses, the game-clinching interception, and a forced fumble on C.J. Anderson, which was not recovered by New England, but it was still nonetheless a play that set the Rams further back behind the line of scrimmage. This guy was phenomenal. I know the stats show Cooks went over 100 yards receiving, but Gilmore was playing tight coverage all night long, and he just put a bow on what was a sensational season As I mentioned, first-team All-Pro selection, Pro Bowl corner, he had himself an evening, and I feel like he should have had his shot at winning that MVP award, as well as Dante Hightower, who just has a knack for showing up in Super Bowls as he had two tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass defense, and three quarterback hits. And in the end, 17 years after holding Mike Martz, Kurt Warner, and the greatest show on turf Rams to 17 points, which was 14.4 fewer than their regular season average. Belichick and Flores held McVeigh and the Rams to three points, which was 29.9 fewer than their regular season average en route to their sixth Super Bowl title. Listen, offenses sell tickets, they get TV ratings. Yes, ratings are obviously the future of football, 
But Belichick cemented the Patriots dynasty as the greatest in sports history the same way he started it off, which is by playing suffocating defense to go along with a brilliant defensive game plan. You can dislike the Patriots. You can criticize all their scandals. You can argue against Brady being the greatest of all time all you want. You can call out Belichick for being the downer of the game of football. But you have to respect the dynasty they've built in New England. When the dust settled, that's all I really cared about. Was being able to watch greatness while we can still get it with a 41-year-old quarterback and a 66-year-old head coach in Bill Belichick. Was it the most entertaining Super Bowl? Certainly not. But I'm still going to remember this game for as long as I live because we got to see this great duo and a talented New England Patriots team hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the sixth time on national television. So there you have it. My Super Bowl recap for you. I hope I was able to break down some key moments of the game, shine some light on some trending topics. And I look forward to getting this offseason underway, free agency, the draft. So I will certainly be moving forward with my coverage right here on the Pro Football Chase podcast, as well as my Instagram page, Twitter page, follow me at Pro Football Chase, as well as Facebook. So we're just beginning a new journey. It is draft season. Looking forward to getting into some of these prospects. I've had a couple of them on for interviews. Looking forward to getting even more on in the coming weeks. And I will also be releasing my first mock draft on Friday. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But until then, have a great Monday. Take care and God bless. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.